All right, good morning, Maseches Yevamos. We're learning Daf Kuf Beis and Beis and Daf Kuf Gimel. And we're starting two-thirds of the way down, maybe three-fourths of the way down at the two dots on Kuf Beis Amid Aleph, starting with the words, Simen Hataras Yevamos Sandal. Simen, just a mnemonic for us to remember, uh, to think about the upcoming three discussions about Hatara, which we'll learn about in a minute, Yevama and Sandal. Amar Yehuda Amar Rab. Yehuda Amar Rab is of the opinion that Hitarta Yevama Lashuk Bishmitas Rov Ha'ikev. That a man, a, a man who removes part of his shoe. It's a, well, we'll see really if it's a man. But the removal of part of the shoe, if the majority of the heel of the Ekev is revealed in Chalitza, so then this woman is now able to marry anyone she wants. Mesve, the Gemara asks a question, and that word here says Hutchu. It actually should be Hitir. Let's say that the man himself unties the shoe, his shoes that he's wearing, or that he was the one who slid the shoe off of most of his ankle. This is a question of technical thresholds. Who has to do what? Does she have to remove the full shoe? Can he move, remove part of the shoe? Can he untie the shoe? What is going on here? So it says the Gemara, time of the Shamadhu, Hashamadhi Khalitsasakshera. The reason in our in this Mishnah that we just learned, as to, in this Tosefta, actually, as to why it is that it's not kosher is because he is the one who did some of the work. But Hashamadhi, if she would have done it, then the Khalitsa would have been Kshera, and then she would be free to marry anyone she wants. What about the concept of Rov HaRegel in Rov HaEkev Lo? It said over here in this Tosefta a couple lines ago, Rov HaRegel. So that means off of the leg, like off of the calf, not just the foot itself. So it says the Gemara, is that not true about the heel itself too? It says the Gemara, Lo, that's not correct. Really, those two terms are the same. Hainu Rov HaRegel, Hainu Rov HaEkev. When we talk about Regel and, and Ekev, we're really talking about the same thing. And we're saying most of the foot. Why did we call it Regel? Because because basically the leg bone is connected to the ankle bone and everything is one. I was going to sing it, but it's not necessary. You get the point is that they're all connected and we just refer to the whole bottom part of the foot as the leg. And Misaila the Rabyanai, this idea is actually supported and uh, it seems to support Rabyanai. Rabyanai, Ben Shehitir, Ben Shehitir Hu Vishamtahi, whether or not he untied. Uh, the shoe and she removed it, or the reverse, maybe she untied the, the, the shoe, and he removed it. The only way that chalitza works in technical terms is if she does all the work. She has to be the one to untie the shoe, she has to be the one to take off the shoe. We'll actually read a little bit later in the Gemara today that he has to keep his foot on the ground, she has to lift up his foot. Because if he picks up his foot, maybe the shoe would partially fall off because he picked up his foot. And therefore, maybe that's considered him doing the work and not her. She has to be the one to do the work. By Ravyana, Ravyana asks, uh, mahu, or Seraftehu Mahu, if the shoe tears and falls off, or if it's burned off, what would the halacha be? Would we say that that's chalitza? Here, what we're discussing is the following classic hakira. Do we say, that we need the foot to be revealed and it, whether or not the shoe is torn or burnt off or taken off, now the foot is revealed. Or perhaps do we say, or do we say that no, it's not just that the foot needs to be revealed, it's that the activity of chalitza needs to take place. Take We don't know the answer to that question. Next, uh, connected. If a person's wearing shnei alim, ze al gab, ze mahu, a person's wearing multiple shoes, what is this? I just picture sometimes children in, in a house will walk around in their shoes 
in their parents' shoes. So sometimes you'll see things like that. Well, let's say an adult is doing something like that. Obviously, our shoes are not made to be worn one into the other, but let's say um, Neos, you know, those uh, those boots that you wear in the winter, they're slipovers or the rubbers that we wear over our shoes. Would that be considered, uh, um, if a person's wearing those shoes as it relates to Chalitza, what would the halacha be? He says, Gemara, what's the metzi? It's hechidami. We're four lines from the bottom, kuf If you took off the outer shoe and left on the inner shoe, well, that doesn't work. Yes, you need to take off the shoe from your foot, but not the thing that's on the shoe that's on your foot. That's too many, too many, um, too many levels away. It has to be removal from the foot itself. Says the Gemara, what's the actual case we're discussing here? You tore the outer shoe and removed the inner shoe. But when you tore the outer shoe, it was still attached to the foot somehow. My, what's the halacha? Do we say chalitza ba'inan v'ha'ika? That you did chalitza, granted you took off the inner shoe after tearing the outer shoe. Or odil magluyekara ba'inan v'leka. Or no, you need the foot to be revealed, but now the outer shoe is still kind of stuck on the foot, and therefore you don't have a giluikara, your foot's not revealed. And we would answer the same way with a teka, we don't know. And turning to the top of kuf beizim at beiz, the Gemara asks, Umi ika ki gavna? Is there even such a Matthias as wearing multiple shoes? Says the Gemara in, yes, there is. The, the Rabbanon saw Rabbi Yehuda go out into the marketplace with five uh, soft shoes. It's kind of like thick socks, something along those lines that he would wear. And they saw that. Okay. Amr Rabbi Yehuda, fascinating question. Amr Rabbi Yehuda, my Rab. Let's say that a, a, let Ruvain's married to Rachel and Ruvain dies. And Rachel lives in the house with all of Ruvain's brothers, Shimon, Levi, Huda, everybody, the whole Gans Mishpach. No Yichud issues, let's put all of those aside. She lives in the same house as the brothers who she could potentially marry as a Yavama. Now, what's the halacha if she lives in that house? We, we do allow her at any point that she wants and at any point that the husband, that the future husband wants to marry her. We don't have to worry if maybe she actually took off one of their shoes and did chalitza by accident. That we don't worry about. And the reason why we're not concerned is because we never saw her taking off any of their shoes. But if in fact we did see her take off the shoes, and Rashi adds in, what is necessary to understand this Gemara on the second line of Rashi. Maybe it really was Chalitza when he came home, when let's say Shimon, Ruben's brother, Ruben died, and Rachel lives in the house, and Shimon sitting on the couch, and she offers, oh, can I take off your shoes for you? And she takes off his shoe, and Rashi says, We don't, she didn't want to do the Chalitza for the sake of Mitzvah, she was helping him. But does the activity of Chalitza without Kavana work? Don't you need or bezin? You assume there was bezin. You need bezin, absolutely. Let's assume there was a bezin sitting there. It's a theoretical scenario. Right? It's a theoretical scenario. So then the Gemara says um, that, yeah, we. it seems to be that had we seen her take off one of their shoes, we would be concerned. Vatanya, hold on, that can't be. Just because you see someone take off their shoe doesn't mean that it's actual chalitza. If only one of them had intentions, then chalitza, everybody has to have kavanah. So it can't just be that she's taking off his winter shoes and all of a sudden there, there's chalitza and then she can't marry him anymore. That's That's crazy. Says the Gemara, you're right. Even if we see that Rachel took off Shemin's shoe or Levi's shoe, it doesn't matter. We are not concerned that that was considered chalitza. She's still eligible to marry those people. Some say the exact opposite. The reason why we aren't concerned is because we never saw her take off the shoes. But if in fact we do have 
uh, a sighting of her removing the shoe of Shimon, then we are concerned. I what? What about the kavana? With the katana by kavana, what about the din, the brisa that we just saw a few lines ago that you do need kavana when doing chalitza? The gemara says that you're right that you need kavana in order to say that she can marry someone else, but to complicate whether or not she can marry the brothers avaleachen mifsala. So it's kind of like. Uh, twilight a little bit. On the one hand, the removal of the shoe is enough to create a concern with the brother, but it's not enough to free her to the masses. In order to free her to the masses, she needs to do a chalitza. They need to do a chalitza with kavana. Good. Third line, we're in the third uh, comment in a row from Rabbi Huda Amar Shmuel. We're about a quarter of the way down in Kuf Beis and Bid Beis, a lot of ground to cover, and Shachar says in 25 minutes for some of us. Amar Rabbi Marab. Let's say that the person has a shoe, but it's not made out of uh, animal materials. It's made out of pishtan. It's made out of flax. Says the Gemara, Ein in bo. That is an ineligible shoe as it relates to the mitzvah of chalitza, shenei emar, because as the Pasuk reads, where does the Pasuk read? The Pasuk says, v'en alech tochash. You should be uh, wearing shoes made out of tochash, which are animal hides. in Maybe we should say it's only this particular animal of the tochash, but not every animal. Says the Gemara, no'al no'al riba, any type of animal product. Well, no'al no'al riba, if you're saying that we have the word no'al twice to include other materials, afilu kol milinami, maybe we should even say pishtan. Why do we exclude things that are not made out of animal hides? Imkein tochash. In Maya what was the point of the Pasuk saying tochash at all? Obviously, it has to be animal hides, but no, no, Riba teaches us that it has to be any type of leather. That's fine. Could be uh, alligator shoe. It doesn't matter. As long as they're made out of animal parts, it's kosher. Who shall or, let's say the base of the shoe is made out of leather. Vitrisiosov shall sear mahu. And the straps of the shoe are made out of hair from an animal. Like, let's say the horse hair of an animal. Says the Gemara, Amarle, Milo Karina Be Tachash, that's still considered an animal part, no problem at all. So the Gemara takes this to the next logical conclusion. Yachi, halfway down on Kuf Beis and Beis, maybe we should say Kulo shall say our Nami. Let's say we had a shoe that was made out of all of the threads of horse hair, whatever it is. Maybe we should say that's good enough for uh, for Chalitza. Says the Gemara, not correct. Hahu, Karka Mikri. That's a different type of shoe called the Karka, and that's actually not called an animal shoe, even though it's made out of animal product. We need the shoe to be made out of leather. The shoe has to be made out of leather. When the Pasuk says that they have to remove the shoe from one's foot, how do we know that it's mishlafu, that it's actually removal? Maybe we should say that it's not removal, but it's actually putting on the shoe for chalitza. Let's see what we're, what we're talking about. How do we know that we assume that the word is mishlaf, that it's removal? That when a house has saras, what do we do? What do we do? We remove the stones. Therefore, over here, when we say chalitza, it means to remove the shoe. Ve'ema, maybe I could argue, says the Gemara, zruzehi, that it's actually the removal of the shoe. because we have in another part, uh, not the ve'ema zruzehi, that it means putting on the shoe. What does it mean in this case? Hechaltu means to prepare people for army. When you prepare people for army, you get them dressed in army clothes. And maybe we should assume that chalitza in our case is like this chalitza of and therefore it means to put on the shoe in the, in the mitzvah of chalitza is to put on a shoe. Great question. Says the Gemara, no, hasam nami, there by that pasuk of there too, is shlufemi base of the krava. That's talking about removing someone from their house to go to battle. And therefore, similar to the chalitza that we know of by the shoe, it's to take off the shoe and not to put it on. Three lines before the wide lines, kuf beis, mid beis, but the pasuk says, that a person will be chalat, he'll be supported as a poor person in his poverty. Therefore, we see chalat is to support, and maybe we should therefore assume again is to put on the shoe, says the Gemara, no, when a person lives in poverty, 
then they will be yochal too. They will be saved or removed from the punishment of Gehenim. Therefore, verifying what we already know, that really chalitza means to remove. Ella says the Gemara Hadachsiv Khanam Allah Hashem Savibla Rabbi Khalat saying that the Kurdish Burkha will support the Jews by surrounding them. Says the Gemara doesn't mean support in this case either. Bishar Yireh, because they fear our Kurdish Burkhu, then Yachalti Medina Shell Gehanim. So we see here as well that it means to remove that because they fear our Kurdish Burkhu, Yirashamaim uh, is going to help us to be Nitzal from the din of Gehanim. El Hadhsivat Mosecha Yachalitz, that we have a Pasik that speaks about the bones becoming Khalitz. And what does it mean that the bones become Khalitz? Does it mean removed or does it mean support? This is a beautiful bracha. It's strengthening the bones, which again seems to be that we're talking about something supportive and something strengthening, implying that maybe the word chalatz means to put the shoe on and not off. Says the Gemara, look, you quoted a lot of psukim in. You're absolutely right. It seems that the word chalitza can be used in two ways. We're so used to hearing the word chalitza as it relates to the removal of the shoe, but Taka, it, the word chalitza could, could be both things, says the Gemara. Um, and I know this is true. In our case, if you assumed that what we were talking about is putting the shoe on, we should have said in the Pasuk, put the shoe on his foot. The Gemara says, well, that's not so simple. Because if you would have, if the Pasuk only said to try and teach us that we have to put the shoe on the leg, that's a problem because it would have implied on the leg, yes, and on the thigh, no. Even on the even on the thigh, it should be allowed. We'll see that this is not a simple assumption. If that's true, then the pasuk should have said from on his leg. If it didn't say it said and therefore we know mishlav shalif. And now we've defined the word cholitz. So the Gemara went through this back and forth. Is chalitza to remove a shoe or is chalitza to put on a shoe based on various uses of the word chalitza in the psukim? And while the Gemara does acquiesce that there are different uses of the word of chalitza, but really we hold that it's mishlaf, uh, that it's mishlaf, that it's the removal of the shoe. That is the din. Says the Gemara two-thirds of the way down, there is a heretic that said to Rabban Gamliel, there's a, a, a people where their master has done chalitza to them. That did chalitza to the Jewish people. Says the Gemara, Amar Le, Rabbi Gamliel says back to him, you are a shote. It doesn't say that a Baruch did chalitza to them. It says chalat mehem, that he we walked away from them, not in the way that you're talking about chalitza. And also, says the Gemara, you got it backwards. The relationship is not that way. Uh, the relationship is that we would be the wife and a Kaddish Baruch would be the husband. He can't do chalitza to us. If a man does chalitza to a woman, it's a zero. If there's a yavama where the brothers did the chalitza to her, it's a nothing. It's a nothing. And that brings us to the two dots, three-fourths of the way down. <coughs> to return to a conversation in the mission about in Palya. We'd said in our Mishnah, in palya chalitza and in palya is kind of like a sock or like a thin material boot that kind of goes up higher on the calf. The memra dan pilya lab minalu. It seems to be that an anpilya that this type of sock or, or thin boot is not considered a minal. Vitanya should be a correction. The gemara vitanya nami. We have a brisa that says something similar that ein hatorim when a person is giving a truma ein hatorim nichnas lo bepargod chapos. A person cannot go into the partitioned parts of the base of mikdash. Uh, chapos with uh, with these shoes on because we're with that have hems in them. The chapos is a, a garment that has hems, not shoes. Um, and also as well, the loba anpilia. And you could also cannot wear anpilia. Oh, we, we thought anpilia were shoes. 
But here the Anpilio is put in the first category, and then look at the rest of the Brisa. And what it, Rashi explains this that when it says it's separating an Anpilio from Minal and Sandal, which shows you that Minal and Sandal are shoes, but Anpilio are not shoes. So that's source number one that seems to be that an Anpilio is not a shoe. Or Minu, yet we see that when it comes to the Halachos of Yom Kippurim, that an Anpilio is a shoe. When it comes to these three types of shoes, now Anpilio is included with the shoes. A person cannot wear these on, on uh, if they're made out of leather, they cannot wear them on Yom Kippur. Because that case that was giving us a restriction about wearing in Pilya on Yom Kippur is where they were talking about wearing something in the shoe that's very comfortable. And there's an Isra Tainig of wearing something on your feet that's comfortable. Is that true? If a person's wearing something on their foot that's comfortable? Isr Tainuk. Why is there an Isr Tainuk? There's an Isr Ne'ila Sasanda. What are you talking about? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Baravhuna, Karach Sudra Akari Benafik. Rabbi Baravhuna used to wrap something around his foot on Yom Kippur and walk around no problem at all. He just couldn't wear leather. That was the only restriction. And this is going to carry the next many lines of the Gemara. Kan be'an pilia shal or kan be'an pilia shal beget. So this thin sock-like material or this thinner shoe, uh, it depends. If it's made out of leather, then it has the status of a shoe. And if it's made out of um, if it's made out of cloth, then it doesn't have the status of a shoe. And this is logical. If you don't say that, if you don't make the distinction of then we'll have another source that conflicts what we just learned. Five lines from the bottom on Kuf Beis, Mebez, Tanya, the Brisa writes, A person cannot wear something that is referred to as undershoes in their home. We're not going to focus on this right now. Let's learn the rest of the Brisa. Aye, but we see you're allowed to wear on Pilin, even on Yom Kippur, it must be that that we have this distinction that there are anpilia shall or which are considered shoes and we have anpilia shall beged which are not considered shoes and in fact we have a brisa that supports this distinction that Rava made that there's a difference between anpilia shall or and anpilia shall beged now this is a two-part brysa, and what we'll see is in the beginning part of the brysa, we refer to one type of Anpilia shoes, and on the second part of the brysa, we refer to a different type of Anpilia shoes, highlighting Rava's distinction between the two. So three lines from the bottom, if a person is wearing some type of uh, some type of shoe, uh, it's a shoe that's lacking material, that's Hanifram, like from Lo Sifram, uh, the language of the Pesukim, if it's missing some material, but it still covers most of the regel, or 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 that's missing some of its materials that still covers most of the foot or if you have a sandal that's made out of plant materials and not uh, leather or a person's prosthetic leg or something made out of felt or a blanket this was actually a little pouch that people who had no legs would wear because they didn't have wheelchairs back in the day so they would wear um, this pouch like uh, over the stumps of their legs and they'd use their hands to move and then the, this pouch that they would wear would prevent them from getting hurt. And ban pilia shell or if you had unpilia shell leather, which is the reference to, to rubber that we just saw, the choletzes. And the person doing chalitza is bain hagadol, top of Kufkim Alamadalaf, Ben Omed, Ben Yoshe, Ben Mota, the person doing the Chalitza can either be standing or sitting or leaning over. The Chalitzas mean Asuma, anyone gets Chalitza even from Asuma. In all of these cases, Chalitza Sakshere. Now let's just remember what we're trying to do here. We're trying to highlight the sheet of Rava, that there's a difference between Anpilia Shel Or and Anpilia Shel Beget. And in this first part of the Brisa, we saw Anpilia Shel Or and we saw that it's Kshere. We therefore see Anpilia Shel Or as a shoe. Then the Gemara continues with the second part of the Brisa. Aval, the Minal Hanifram Shein, Chofis Rava Regal, if you have a Minal that doesn't cover most of your foot or 
sandal or if you have a sandal that also doesn't have enough material to cover most of the foot of his or if you have something covering over your hands here's the second part of Rava referenced in the Brisa or you have an Anpilia this type of sock or a light shoe that's made out of cloth and not leather or so we see in this Brisa black on white the distinction that Rava made between Anpilia shell or an Anpilia shell beged and Anpilia shell or is considered a shoe and Anpilia shell beged is not Says the Gemara, we referenced in this Bryce, so we're going to move on to a little bit of a side topic about a prosthetic. Kav hakitea, if you have the stump of a person's leg money, who is, who is Shita? Is that, that's the Shita of Rav Meir. Rav Meir, he detran hakitea, yotze bekav shiloh on Shabbos. If a person has a prosthetic, my roommate in yeshiva had a prosthetic leg. He had, um, he had bone cancer as a child, and his leg was amputated above the knee. Yeah, at the time, he had a very, very unique type of surgery, and they lengthened the stump of his leg by taking healthy bone from his calf after they amputated him and extended his femur bone a little bit longer to make the prosthetic a better fit. Fine. Every night, he'd come back into the room and take off his leg and hang it, lean it up against the wall. Okay, so that was, he's a kav. He's, he's a kitea. So hakitea, yotzi, the kav shalom. If a person is, uh, has a prosthetic leg, he can walk with it on Shabbos. It's part of his body. What do we see from there? We see that it's a, it's a covering of the leg. It's a shoe. And that's why in the, in the ratio of the brysa at the bottom of the page, it said, that that actually counts. Rabbi Yossi Oser, he disagrees. Ben Pilya Shel Beged, Asa Lerabonon, says the Gemara, the Gemara, that when we talk about Ben Pilya Shel Beged in the safe of the brysa, that doesn't seem to be Rav Meir. That seems to be the sheet of the Rabbonon. So therefore, Amar Abaye, there's two possible answers to this question. It can't be that the Mishnah is both Rav Meir and the Rabbonon. And Abaye says, me the safer Rabbonon Reishanami Rabbonon. We, we were wrong about the, the, the Kav Kitea. Really, it's not Rav Meir. Or what we're talking about in the Kav Kitea is where the prosthetic of the person who was wearing the prosthetic was covered in leather. And because it's covered in leather, therefore it counts for Chalitza. But in and of itself, it's not. So therefore, maybe the whole Brisa is really the Rabbonon. Rava doesn't like that. Amar le Rava, aval ein mechupa or mine, if it wasn't be, if it wouldn't be covered in leather puzzle, says the Gemara, ihachi, if that's true, if that's your distinction, then adatani seifa ban pilya shel beged, then when the seifa speaks about on pilya shel beged, lift lo velisni bedida, should have made the distinction right there in the brisa. B'metvar mamun b'mechupa or, aval ein mechupa or puzzle. The Gemara should have distinguished in the brisa this distinction of covered in leather or not. And therefore, Abaye's answer really isn't such a good answer. So Rava recommends his own. Elama Rava, me the Reisha, Reb Meir, because the Reisha is Reb Meir when speaking about the Kav Kitea. Uh, that is the sheet of Rav Meir, then Seifanami Rav Meir, the Seif is also Rav Meir, and Haim Magin, in regards to the case of the Kav, in the, uh, the reason why, why uh, Rav Meir would be Matir is because it's Magin, it protects the person's uh, body from getting hurt, the Hai, but when it comes to the Anpilia, Lo Magin, when it's made out of a Beget, it doesn't protect anything, and therefore, uh, he would say that it's also. And the din that I referenced before, we're a third of the way down. Amar Ameymar, he's going to talk about the need for the for the person who has chalitza being done to him to keep his foot on the ground. He needs to take his foot and keep it on the ground. But we learned it at the very, very top of this page, the top words. <coughs> that the person having chalitza can stand up, he can be sitting down, and he can be mote, he could be leaning. And there's a, somewhat of an implication that, it, that both feet don't have to be on the ground. Says the Gemara, it's not correct. Amon, really, really, his feet do have to be on the ground. Amemar, Amemar gives a halachic issue. We have some people who have some serious medical problems with their feet. Let's say that a person's foot, let's say the bottom of my hand is the bottom of my foot and the top of my hand is the top of a foot. And a person has an anatomical issue where their foot is completely turned. And the part of their foot that touches the ground 
is the top of their foot, that person is not eligible to do chalitza. He's not eligible to have chalitza done to him. That's the din of Amemar over here. Uh, here uh, yeah, he says that lo uh, chalitza. And Amar Ravashi Vatanya, wait one second. We just said in our Mishnah, we have a person who's a total cripple. He has a, he's a double amputee. We said, a person who has, a, he's wearing a bag over his legs to protect his legs because he's using his hands to walk. It can't be that the person who walks on the top of his foot because his foot is so curved is worse than the guy who has no feet. Says him, when we were talking about the cripple and the brysa, that wasn't talk, the double amputee. That was the yoyvle We're talking about him giving the leather bag that he wears to protect the stumps of his leg. That's what we're talking about. Him giving it to someone else, but not him wearing it. And yes, it's in fact the case that if a person's foot was, the rotation of the foot was so significant that he was walking on the top side of his foot, that that person would not be eligible for a chalitza. And Amar Avashi, Lemaidik Amar Amemer, this din that he says that if your foot is so heavily rotated that you're walking on the top of your foot that it doesn't count. These are two people who, um, who had this uh, disease, disorder, whatever it was, and they walked that way and it would not be kosher. That person is not eligible for a chalitza. It's a real big problem because if a person's not eligible for chalitza and he's the only remaining brother, then the woman is trapped. So it's a very big problem. I don't know how we would solve that. If the only brother that was alive, Ruvain was healthy, married to Rachel, Ruvain died. The only brother left was Shimon, but Shimon, his, his whole foot is turned. He walks on lichta dakar on the top of his foot because his foot is rotated. What's the woman supposed to do? She's stuck. It's a problem. Says the Gemara halfway down on Kufkim Lamed Aleph, and we're going to be learning about one more Amid. We'll be stopping about halfway down, which is good because Shachar says in about 10 minutes. And the Gemara speaks about the following The Mishnah spoke about this distinction about someone who's amputated uh, below the leg, let's say mid calf versus mid thigh. It says the Gemara, when we were, to, when we were talking about the din, it's actually Regalim. We learned about this in another Masechta, the din that a person is eligible or not eligible for doing the mitzvah of Aliyah Regal depends on whether or not they have regs, legs, Pratlabaalekabin. People who need prosthetics are exempt from the mitzvah of Aliyah Regal. Says the Gemara, why over there are they exempt and why over here do they seem to count? Says the Gemara, Shani Hachadachsim Me'al Raglo. Fine. If that's true, that Me'al Raglo, that it should be that even above the knee, even if they were an amputee from above the knee, they should still be kosher. Me'al, below Me'al, Me'al. No, it says the Gemara, you can be above the foot, which means the calf, but you can't be above that which is above the foot. So therefore, if you still have part of the calf bone, fine, you're good to go. But if you don't have anything, have a calf bone, and all that you have left is a stump that's above the knee, and you have part of the thigh bone, so then you're not eligible for chalitza. Amara Papa Shmami, no, this teaches us, hi, istivira, this is the Aramaic word for an ankle. Hai stivira ad ara nachis. We treat the ankle as part of the foot bone. The isalkadaitach mifsak pasik, because if we in fact did look at it as another anatomical part of the body, havaleihu me'al, then the ankle would be above the foot. Vishoka and the calf is me'al de me'al. And then even if you had an amputation below the knee, but above the ankle, then you would be done for. You could not do chalitza. Even if you want to say that the ankle is a distinct part of the body, anything that's that close, close to the ground is considered close to the ground. Don't worry. And Ladina, the way the Gemara seems to conclude is that if a person was amputated above the ankle but below the knee, he's still eligible for chalitza. But above the knee, he's no longer eligible for chalitza. Next part, what about the thigh? The Gemara has a big problem with this because as we'll see in about five or six different examples right now, we often refer to the thigh as regel. And regel is the word that we've been talking about, that maybe that should be the calf as well. Says the Gemara, When we speak about a woman giving birth, we say the shilya, the placenta, that's delivered between the legs. 
which part of the leg are we talking about? Obviously, it's the thigh is close to the to the to the osamakum where baby is delivered from. So if that's true, we see that a thigh is regal. That's not correct. When a woman actually delivers, she bends her knees in a way where she can deliver more easily, and therefore her ankles, her legs are near her thighs, and therefore they're considered the same. Toshma, let's try again to understand how a thigh may or may not be like a regal. This is a discussion by Mipiboshes and Tanakh. Rashi says is a reference to, um, to pubic hair. That's obviously, why is that called raglov? That's, that's closer to the thighs. We therefore see that a thigh is a regal. Maybe we should allow for chalitza above, if there's an amputee above the knee. Nope, lishna ma'alya. No, it's just a nicer way to talk. Instead of saying what it actually meant, which Rashi highlights is lohesir seir zakan tachton. So instead of saying that, it just says regal, but really it's not actually a regal. Regal is only defined as below the knee. Toshma, let's try again. This is a reference to urination. So why we see raglov is from closer to the thighs. We right that part of the body is closer to the thighs. The Gemara says the same thing again. Lishna The word raglov in this pasuk is only a cleaner way to speak. Toshma, This is also a reference to urination. Here in a cold room, whatever the whatever the reference is, not for now. Lishna ma'alya, and then the uh, the, Gemara, uh, the Gemara says it was just lishna ma'alya to say raglov. Really, it isn't raglov. Raglov is not the thigh. The thigh is above the regal, and the Gemara says bain ragle. The story of Yael and Sisra, where. Uh, where he was with her, and we'll see in the Gemara, he was with her many times, uh, intimately, and Bain Ragleha, obviously between the legs, that's what the Gemara says, says Gemara, no, Lishna Ma'alya, that doesn't literally mean Ragleha, the thigh is still not the Rekha. And now let's talk about Yael and Sisra. Amar of Yochanan, Sheva Be'ilos Baal, Osa Rasha Ayom, Sisra was with Yael seven times that day, Shanemar, and many of the words here are references to the Tash Mashemita, Bain Ragleha, Kara, Nafal, Shacha, Bain Ragleha, Kara, Nafal, Abashir, Kara, Sham Nafal, Shadu. Fine, they were together seven times. Ask the Gemara the great, great question, a question that's been asked about Yael and a question that's been asked about Esther and many others. If there's Hanon, the Tash Mishamita, if she got Hanon, the Tash Mishamita, that should be us, or it should be Harig Val Yavor. Tosos clarifies what the actual question is. We don't have time, but it's a great circuit to look into. That's not correct. She did not have Hanon from the Tash Mishamita. Anything that might be good for a Russia, turning to the top of Kuv Gimel and Beis, Ra, he ate sadikim. For her, it was not considered anything good at all. It was considered raw. Top line, Says the Gemara, we understand that the raw part is not good for the tzaddik l'chay. I understand that. Why isn't it good? If it's good, it's good. If it's not good, it's not good. If she's with the Russia, so if the Tashma Shemitah has any hanod, then it's a problem. It wasn't good. By definition, it isn't good. If the person's a Russia and the woman is a tzaddik, sister is a Russia, if Yal is a tzaddik, so then the Tashma Shemita had no Hanon. It was just her. In her brain, it was a zero. It was just needed to happen because it needed to happen to save the Jewish people. And she was praised for it. Says Gemara Bishlama Hassam, I could understand. And the Pasuk that's quoted at the top of the page, Dilma Midkar The Pasuk at the top of the page, at the top line that says, Yishamar Lach Pentadabra, was talking about Lavan and Yaakov in their dialogue. There we understand that there might have been some conversations about Avodas Kochavim that we wouldn't have wanted to have. That's a spiritual issue. When it comes to Sisra and Yael, this isn't a spiritual issue. Tashma Shemitah is a categorical blanket Isser. The act is a blanket Isser. So therefore, how could you, how could you say that they're, that the Pasuk is the same thing? The Pasuk is talking about Avodas Kochavim. And here we're talking about Tashma Shemitah, but Avodas Kochavim is a spiritual issue. And this is not a spiritual issue, says the Gemara. Through the Tashma Shemitah, <clears throat> he was shadi bazuama. He placed into her zuhama some evil spirit of some kind. Rav Yochanan, similar to the story of the Maisibrashis, the nochash al chava hitil bazuama. The same as when the nochash was with chava, hitil bazuama. He placed some type of uh, 
I mean, we loosely would have called it venom, but this is a spiritual conversation here. It says the Gemara, how do we solve this problem of the venom? Yisrael shamdu al harsinai paska zuamason. Anyone who had zuama put into their bodies at the time of harsinai, that problem went away. So they still hold on to their zuama. Anyone who's done this, this avoda, avodas kochavim, and they don't have a harsinai to clean them up, they then they maintain, maintain their zuama. We're going to learn until the half of the page. Let's continue a little bit more. We're at the two dots, a quarter of the way down. What if I am wearing your shoe? And they try to do, and she tries to do me. We have a bride. So what does the bride say? Na'alo, his shoe. I only know if the shoe belongs to me, then it has to be my shoe. How do I know that another person's shoe works? Says the Gemara. Because any shoe works. Says the Gemara. If any shoe works, then why does it say na'alo with a vav at the end, implying the possessive that it actually belongs to him? The shoe has to fit him. Not conceptually, but literally, the shoe has to fit him. This is specifically taught, uh, says Gemara, it has to be to the exclusion of a shoe that is so big that you can't walk in it. You're wearing bozo shoes. You're wearing uh, uh, you're wearing those fins. What are they called? The things that people... Uh, fins. Well, I can't remember what they're called right now. Too early in the morning. So if you're wearing shoes that you can't walk in, then that, then those don't count. That's what Na'alo came to teach us. And if you're wearing a very small shoe that doesn't cover most of your foot, or or we're talking about a broken shoe that has no heel. Okay. Abaye have a koi coming to Rav Yosef. Abaye was in front of his Rebbe, Rav Yosef. Asa Yavama Lachlot. And Yavama and her Yavam showed up to do Chalitza. Omar Lei, he says to Abaye, have Lei Sandalach. Give the man your shoe, because the shoe had to be a kosher shoe. Obviously, the guy didn't have a kosher shoe. Abaye gave him, the, gave him a shoe. Yoiv le'sandu the small, and he gave him his left shoe. Amar le'emor da'amor abonon di'avad. I understand. If you want to give the left shoe be the avad, I got it. No problem. Lechatchila mi'amor. But who says that you can do that lechatchila? Amar le'e says back to him, Yihachi sandal she'en shalom nami. Emor da'amor abonon di'avad lechatchila mi'amor. But who says you can even give somebody else's shoe? It's my shoe. It's not his shoe. Says the Gemara, Amar You're right, but you should give it to him and let him make a Kenyan. He can't just take your shoe, it has to be made with a Kenyan. Just a couple more lines and then we'll stop. Sandal shall eat if the sandal is made out of wood. Mantana, Amr Shmuel, Reb Meir, he did not keep Akitea, Yote Bekap Shell, Reb Meir, Reb Yossi Oser, and Ava Avua, the Shmuel Omer, Bimachupa, or Vidivri Hakal. It has to be that this is covered in leather because as we discussed, Ben Alacha, Tachash, it has to come from an animal. We're going to stop right here at Amar Rav Papi and I will be pre recording and posting for Sunday's year and for Monday's year. And Amir Tashem, we're back in person on Tuesday. Wishing you all a beautiful Shabbos. Thank mm-hmm. you.